Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. place as we like to do sometimes from time to time. Can you tell where we are? <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope we have so. a few familiar uh, clues here. Yes, the main doors to the sanctuary, or the old main doors, or I don't know what you want to call them, but old main. Old main. And um, yeah, we're talking today a little bit about generosity and stewardship, so you'll notice over here offering plates and our pledge cards that were sent out with our theme of God has done marvelous things, which is our stewardship campaign. And so, um, yeah, we're going to read our texts for this Sunday, which are not the normal lectionary texts. That's right. Your friends at other mainline or ELCA congregations will probably be hearing a different set of readings. So if you want to talk talk more deeply about these, come talk to one of us. Yeah, yeah, because we're talking stewardship a little bit and generosity here in November. And so, Pastor Brandy, you selected these texts. I sure did. Can't so, um Wonderful. So we're going to talk about two of the four. So um, why don't we dive in? Melissa, you want to start us? Yes, I do. Uh, our gospel reading is John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany at the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Interesting. I'm going to make a guess. Okay. I think that the author of John did not like Judas. (laughs) I was kind of thinking the same thing, like this little... Because it's in parentheses. Yeah, I didn't hear that in Melissa's reading. Um, there's some parentheses yeah. there that's just like, and just so you know, yeah. there's like some emotion behind that. And you know, at the time, I'm sure nobody really knew that, or they would have done something about it. Yeah. But in retrospect, after he has betrayed Jesus, they're like, excuse me, you know, he was a thief. Yeah, he kept the common person. He used to steal some for himself. Like, all right, okay, so um, he's the bad guy. He is definitely the bad guy. We have other like familiar characters in the story, though. It's kind of like it's kind of fun. Um, earlier in John, we've met some of these folks. Like we've got um, uh, Lazarus, you know that guy, <laughs> the identifier. You know, the one who we raised from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Although there is another. I mean, Lazarus' name gets used a couple different yeah. times. And hey, Lazarus and the rich man, right? We did the sermon on that. Not yeah. Too long ago. So that is another Lazarus. So I, maybe it is a point that they. Maybe they had fewer names back then because someone else was saying, like, Judas has a last name? Like, yeah. does everybody have a last name? Yeah. It's Jesus like, scary. Yeah, we're not quite sure if that's a location or his dad or which two of the common ways to get his second name. But uh, So, yeah, we've got Lazarus and we've got Martha. 
Mm -hmm. Mary, the story of Mary, Mary and Martha, you know, yeah. serving and sitting at Jesus' feet. And we have that descriptor still here yeah. um, in verse 2. And they gave a dinner. Martha served. served. As she did. <laughs> As she Every does. Time. And then Mary, who likes to hang out at Jesus' feet and listen to his teachings, is, is busy again, not serving, but well, serving in a different way. Uh, with the filling the um, house with perfume, with nard, as it says. Um, I think that, and then of course Jesus. I was going to say, don't forget Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is here. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to forget him. Kind of at um, the center of, the, of it all. The center of it all. So yeah, it's kind of this cast cast of characters that we know, and um, Jesus is getting ready for the cross. He's yeah. getting ready for his burial, and then, even though they don't quite realize it yet. Yeah, six days before the Passover, and the Passover, in John's Gospel at least, is like, it, it kind of identifies Jesus as that sort of paschal lamb, the unblemished sacrifice, yeah. and, and so it's it's just imminent now, just six days before the Passover, and yeah, these guys don't know what's coming, but we yeah, do. We do, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not the Last Supper yet, but we're right. taking but those eating. steps. they're eating. They're eating, they're getting, getting to the triumphal right. entry, and... Um, you know, Jesus is kind of doing this foreshadowing thing, um, you know, that uh, she brought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. And, like, it is kind of interesting to think, like, I don't know, but that smell might have still been there six days later as he was going to the cross. Um, maybe not, but um, it was close, for sure. Um, yeah, so what does this have to do with generosity? Uh, well, I thought that this was just a perfect image of extravagance and just sort of um, over-the-top like investment here, obviously, but just worshiping with whatever, just like with whatever you can access, just like pouring pouring out, you know, before God um, something beautiful. And in I think. I'm going to go ahead and say that Mary was doing this in response to God doing marvelous things mm. for her and for her family because they mentioned at the top there where, you know, Lazarus has been raised from the dead. I don't know how long ago that was, but it's never going to be so long that like, oh yeah, I forgot that one time you died and Jesus raised from the dead. Because every time they see Jesus, they're probably brought back to that yeah. day. Um, and so Jesus doing amazing things for them, and Mary wants to worship, and so she does, what, just a ton of um, perfume. The smell filled the whole house, and it was, like, kind of offensive to <laughs> Judas, I don't know, maybe to others, who were just like, uh, that was a little much, don't you think? Yeah, could use that money for something else. Yeah, like, maybe a little bit of perfume, but, like, did you have to pour in a whole jar or <laughs> whatever? Um, but I just think yeah. that was Mary's Mary's sort of pouring out her heart too in gratitude and recognition of, of God's holiness. And I think that's hopefully why why we give as well, that it's in response to the marvelous things that God is doing in our lives and in the church and in our world. And <laughs> we obviously don't have Jesus be here to pour perfume on, but like how can we how can we extravagantly worship by what we bring? So that's yeah. why I picked it. It's great. Well, yeah, John does like kind of the abundance theme. I, mean, I think back to like yeah. the wedding at Cana when 
know, Jesus makes copious amounts of wine, like so much wine, and um, feeding the 5,000. I mean, like, there's just, like, an abundance. There's always enough. And here there's, like, super extra. Like, I was starting to think of, like, you know, like lots of perfume, and I think to, like, youth events where every boy has sprayed <laughs> Axe Cologne. Yes. And there is such a thing as too much. <laughs> like, yeah, the headache comes on just thinking yeah. about that. Yes. Although the alternative is for them to for these teenagers. Well, you just had a youth gathering. I did. I sure did. Yep. Yep. Sorry to bring back those vivid smells for you. <laughs> yeah, I will send you with some nard next time. Thank you. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. We did encourage them to remember their baptisms and take a shower at night. That's good. <laughs> they have worked for some of them. Yes. Well, I managed to derail us, so let's try to bring us back. <laughs> can I? Can I uh, suggest yes. one sort of hot take on this? <laughs> Um, when I think of a way that we extravagantly use resources um, in worship of God, I have started thinking of this, all of this, um, maintaining a huge, beautiful building as a church. When we could, we could get by with a lot less, a lot less space, a lot less beauty. Um, the amount of money that our congregation pours into maintaining this building is kind of astronomical. I think our our plumbing bills alone and HVAC because of our geothermal system, um, are, I don't even want to know what we've spent this year. Actually, I'm going to ask Jennifer. But um, it's something exorbitant, and there and yet there's there is no question, there's no buzz around like should we really even be maintaining this building or should we go someplace smaller to worship um of course not like this is this is our this is our worship space and maybe what we are extravagantly pouring out of our wallets and pockets and um, coffers to maintain this building can be construed as an act of worship kind of like fairies so i don't know yeah that's a good point i I mean that is an interesting way to think about it. This is a very extravagant building. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And to think about all the holy moments and things and experiences people have had here of God makes it a holy place that is worth pouring all mm-hmm. It's not logical. No, right? no. And again, like we could t- take the $10,000 we spent on our geothermal system this year and we could have fed a lot of hungry people. We could have bought a lot of diapers for people struggling with that. Um, but we've, we've chosen we've chosen this. And um, my hope is that it's not out of ego and pride and like comfort. Though I, it is probably a little bit of that. But that um, if I think about it as a form of, of extravagant worship, I should feel a lot better about it. <laughs> well, I, and I mean, I think to take it a step further, rather than being kind of like the a dualistic thinking of like, well, we can only do one of these things. It's right. like, are we we have the means of First Lutheran that we could do both. Mm-hmm. We we generally choose not to, um, for whatever reason, you know, scarcity or, or whatever. Um, we could maintain our building and let that let us kind of propel us more into mission. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this, we gather here so that we can be sent out to do more rather than just gather and go this is so pretty <laughs> this is nice Don't you just love it here let's yeah. go home let's go home and not think about until anything else back. until yeah. the next time we're here um, i think we could do both if we wanted to um 
but it's hard. I mean, it, I mean, there's not an infinite amount of money, unfortunately. Right. Um, but that but, is, that is kind of what Judas is setting up too, though. Like, why is she putting perfume on on Jesus out of love? Like, why why isn't she giving the money to the poor? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah. It could be a both hand. It could be a both hand. Um, so, and that might that might lead us then into our next reading, which is Deuteronomy. Uh, chapter 26, verses 1 through 11, from the Old Testament, it says this, When you have come into the land that the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it, and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God has given you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is an in office at that time, and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. And the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God. You shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power, and with signs and wonders and he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first fruit, first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. All right, we got a recounting of the Exodus here. We did, yeah, a little mini re retelling <laughs> of the story there. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of the Lord, the like remembering. Yes. A lot of like, because God has done this, you should do this kind of. That is. A, that's exactly why I picked this passage, and there's two key words that led me to that. Okay. And you might think, like, oh, two keywords. Is it um, first fruit? That's a giving phrase. It's a good one. No, it's not that. <laughs> Is it um, celebrate and bounty? No, also no. under repair words. Not <laughs> it. It's at the beginning of verse 10. So now. Mm. And and I, it's, I think, a very intentional move that God <clears throat> tells people, when you bring an offering, I want you to recite this story, this history of the marvelous things that I've done for you. Um, probably not because God needs to hear it, but so that the people are connecting this story and um, their, their story with their offering, because I think it's meant to be in response to those things that, that God had done for them. So, I mean, in light of that, what I was trying to think about this as you were what would our story be at First Lutheran Church? Mm. If we, if God told us, like, I want you to recite this as you put your envelope in the plate or as you click <laughs> submit on your um, online donation, what, what would we say? Mm. And um, I, 
I would just love to hear ideas from people. Like, what, what do you think? How did your history? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like for some of us, like you know, because my great grandparents were baptized here and were married here, and my parents were baptized and married here, and I was baptized and confirmed and married here, and which is lovely. I mean, that's yeah. great. Uh, it is kind of rather than just putting it in a an offering out. Well, we gotta keep the lights on. Right, right. Exactly. I don't want the lights to go out. You know, um, it is far more beautiful to be like, well, what was the marvelous things God has done for us, for me, my family, for our church here? You know, I mean, hospitals were formed and nursing homes were formed and uh, leaders in the church have been raised up. Leaders in our community have been raised up. Um, I don't know how many thousands of people have eaten meals Friday at noon in our soup kitchen. Um, I don't know how many thousands of quilts have been sent out from our church across the world um, in school kits. Um, you know how many uh, people in our community have found comfort in the midst of somewhat a death. Um, many people celebrated the joy of baptism with children and family or weddings or. This is fun. Keep going. It's okay, well, I, I should like, stop. Okay, I'm gonna get the vibe. And on and on and on. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, and so, in a sense, we aren't just supporting a building, although it is a focal point. Um, we we give because of the marvelous things God has done, not simply the building that God has built. Right. Yeah, giving is an act of worship, and uh, I mean. When you can give online or drop a check in the mail, it maybe removes it a little bit from the actual like act and gathering of worshiping together and making your offering in that context. Um, and so it might take a little more intention and mindfulness to connect those two things if you're giving in a way other than the offering thing, which is fine. We, yes. we don't mind at all, however you want to um, share. It's Current great. gifts are great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's super important. Um, but, you know, God said you take take your first fruits to this place, um, the dwelling of God, and go to the priest, and this is this is absolutely an act of worship to set before God um, the, the fruits of the land that you've, you've harvested and tended and all of that. And then at the very end, in verse 11, he says, then you, together with the, the Levites, like the priests, and, um, and even the foreigners who reside among you, Go ahead and take those first fruits that you set aside for God and celebrate with the bounty. And so they even got to enjoy what they offered. Yeah. And that's kind of the same as giving. Giving as an act of worship, we give to God, and then we as the church actually get to steward that money mm -hmm. too. And we get to celebrate the bounty by doing a lot of the things that you yeah. just listed and mentioned. Yeah, there's like a letting go when you you know, yeah. it's when you're taking it to the, to the, in this story here, you're taking it to the priest and you're setting it on the altar and giving it to God with these memories and you're kind of like, done. It is that, yeah, mm -hmm. for us today, it's just the church that stewards those gifts. But back then it was the, the priests and all those folks that, yeah, celebrated with it, with everybody, not just mm -hmm. the people that the givers selected or felt was important or whatever. It was like the community as needed. And so... Yeah, I kind of like that. This, this is a cool, cool story. It is. I like it. Cool image. So, well, is there uh, any closing thoughts here for us? I'll just point out again. This is our. Uh, hopefully, you all have gotten this in the mail, or it will be very soon, or through an email very soon for our 
God has done wondrous things stewardship campaign this year. I'm encouraging everyone to fill out uh, one of these intent cards with your um, uh, plan for giving to celebrate and worship um, what God has done in your life. And so our goal is to get 125 of these turned in. Um, and, or you can fill out the Google form online as well. Is this where I have to make my confession that I made a QR code that expires? So if you're trying to take your phone and click the QR code on your letter, it won't work. So we will get that link out in many other ways. Just we'll have it in the link. We'll put it in the link, uh, link to it in this uh, podcast. That's great. Well. So we can do that. Uh, but yeah, well, does that sum up everything we need to know? Absolutely everything. Great. Well. <laughs> We hope you can join us uh, this coming weekend, uh, November 13th, 2022, for uh, worship or at any time, wherever you may be. Uh, thank you for joining us today for our Wandering in the Word. For Melissa, Pastor Brandy, and myself, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 